Now, we don't come to the, to the house of the Lord just because of a religious exercise. I've said this before. I'll say it again. But we come because we believe that God wants to do something great in this place. God wants to do something great in this place. And I thank God for how we remembered him in the ordinance of the, the Lord's Supper last week. And what a tremendous time that is. And it dawned on me this week as I was thinking, I thought, I thank God that we remember him. Anybody believe that? Thank you. We remember him. But let me tell you something. If you want God to remember you, you're going to have to go down in Jesus' name. The Bible says that when we are buried with Christ in baptism, it is in that that particular biblical mandate, ordinance, command that he writes his name upon our heart. And so it's good to remember God. But there is going to be a great and notable day of the Lord that it is going to be imperative that God remembers you. And so we thank God for the ordinances of remembering him. But thank God I can remember him so that he will remember me. If you're not baptized in Jesus' name here today, let me tell you something. You can, re- you can not only receive the Holy Ghost, but you can, make, you can make the decision to be baptized in Jesus' name. Baptism is so crucial. I know I'm taking my time. Baptism is so crucial because it's your decision. The Holy Spirit is God's gift, command to you. But only you can make the decision to be baptized. So you have that control in your hand. And let me tell you something. When you are baptized in His name, old things can be passed away. Behold, all things can be new. You need a new start. You need a new hope. It's going to happen when you go down in Jesus' name. And all the folks that have been baptized, would you say, Amen. Hallelujah. Open your Bible to the gospel according to Mark. The gospel according to Mark, reading at chapter 10 and verse 52. Brother Charlie, I was listening intently when you started talking about all of those who look skinny and what we need to do to make sure that we don't blow away. And so I thank you for that, sir. That will help me to keep me grounded to this terra firma. And so thank you. In all sincerity, wonderful job, wonderful presentation. We appreciate that. We're looking forward to what God's going to do in the next 21 days of your consecration. Mark chapter 10 and verse uh, 46. Just forgive my Sunday school story. And next Sunday, you can get back to the depths and the meat of the word of the Lord with your pastor and Pastor Keller. So it's good to see him as well. The Bible says in verse 46, and they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried out the more a great deal. Thou son of David, 
have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. Anybody want to get God's attention today? (laughs) Hallelujah. I don't want to just come to church. I want God to remember me and to fix his attention on me. He stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise. Jesus, or he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus uh, answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately the Bible says he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. I heard one man say that we know that he received his sight because when he received his sight, Mark said he followed Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're here today, if you're not following Jesus, you've been blinded by the God of this world. But I've come to let you know there is good news in the house today that God can begin to take the scales off of your mind, the scales off of your eyes. And there are many of us that were lost, but now we're found. We were blind, but now we see. If you believe that, I want to ask you this question. It's not rhetorical. I want to ask you this question, and this will be my message title this afternoon. How bad? Do you want what you need? How bad? There's a muffle in the speaker. You can help me there. That's fine. How bad do you want what you need? Everybody here has a need. The question is, how desperate are you to have Jesus give his full attention to you and to help you in the way? If you say, God, I want you with all my heart. I want you to put your Bibles down before you're seated. Throw your hands in the air and say, God, I'm hungry for you today. I'm desperate for you today. Come on, with all your heart, lift up your voice. Lift up your soul. Lift up your being. God, I need you today. There are people that need the gift of the Holy Spirit. There are people that need to be baptized in Jesus' name. There are people that need to be healed. There are people that have met their marriage that needs to be pieced back together. There are broken and fractured relationships that need to be restored. I pray today, God, that you would do it in this house. This house. This house. Have your divine will. Have your divine will. I pray it in Jesus' name. And the church church shouted in Jesus' name. One more time. Let's shout in Jesus' name. I think we can do it one more time with everything. In God bless you this afternoon as you are seated. I read something perhaps maybe a year or so ago, and it was a book on psychology. There was a man that a little bit antiquated in his psychology. In fact, he wrote a paper in 1943 that has been used Um, in developmental psychology. It was a 
a paper called A Theory of Human Motivation. The man who wrote it was a man by the name of Abraham Maslow. He utilized this particular pyramid that he began to say are the the pertinent needs of man. The very bottom of the pyramid starts with a physiological need. In fact, many of us are probably going to be taking that need and throwing it out the window in the next 21 days. It is the physiological need of man to breathe. It is a physiological need of man to have food, water, sleep. It is a physiological need of man to be able to have oxygen inside of your lungs. At the next step on this particular pyramid of Mr. Maslow was safety. Safety of body. Safety of employment. Safety of resources. Safety of family. Safety of property. And safety of health. The next becomes friendship and sexual intimacy and family. At the next and fourth level is self-esteem and confidence and achievement and respect of others and respect by others. And then lastly, the older that we get, we actually have the very top of this pyramid known as self-actualization, which is morality and creativity and the ability to have non-prejudice uh, prejudice in us and problem solving. As I begin to read this particular this particular uh, paper that was in a book that I was reading, it began to dawn on me that in all reality, Mr. Maslow had completely missed the boat because I want every person under the sound of my voice to hear me. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how many people respect you. It doesn't matter to me how great or how little your family has fame and fortune it does not matter to me if you are the new the new uh, Hercules of this modern age and you are chiseled like our former governor Arnold Schwarzenegger it really doesn't matter how you look because your greatest need is not food and your greatest need is not water I would even suggest to you that your greatest need is not your next breath but somehow in between this breath and your next breath, if you have a hunger and a desire and a understanding that I need God, then you will leave this place richer than the richest, greater than the greatest, and filled with the power and the touch of God. Hallelujah. We are living in a world and in a time where everybody is worried about their status. They are worried about what they dress, how they dress, how they look, uh, what their particular style is. I I've even heard of books and we've read them and I understand the context, but I've heard of even Christians that have begin to say that your best life is now. Your best life is here on earth. Let me tell you something. I 
I understand the context of that book. But let me tell you, baby, if your life is going to be the best here, then I've got a feeling you're not going there. Because my best life is not going to be in this 77 years. My best life is still ahead of me. My best life is still somewhere beyond the blue. My best life is going to be when there's no more sorrow, when there's no more sickness, when there's no more problems, when there's no more foreclosures, when there's no more unemployment. I'm going to a city where will I not have to worry about this? No more band-aids, no more cancer. My best life isn't now. My best life is to come. live in a world where people are worried about what they drive. Let me tell somebody here, I don't want to get too much off topic. I don't really care if you drive a 7 Series BMW, if you drive a Range Rover, a Land Rover, or your car barely rovers over the pavement. It really does not matter to me because it doesn't matter what you have. It matters what you have. It don't matter what you possess. It's about what possesses you. It doesn't matter how much money is in your 401k after this next year. What matters is that I've got something down in that's belly of who I am. I've recognized my need for God. Clap your hands to the Lord, would you? If you believe that today. Bible tells us, the Bible tells us, and we can see it in our life today. We need only drive down the 210 freeway. We will see the capitalism that begins to, 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 uh, uh take us and, uh, take our eyes in and our senses in and try to get us to purchase something. It is the sales process. I've been in sales before. What they tell every salesman is you can't sell something that you can't sell something that somebody else doesn't think they need. Every great salesman, they tell them this. You've got to create a need. You can't sell something that you can't create a need. That's why when they come to you and that vacuum Kirby or whoever it is comes to your door and they knock on your door, they're going to tell you all of the dumaflashes of that particular Kirby vacuum. They're going to tell you how your life will be better. They're going to tell you why you need it. But the reality is, let me just tell you something. There is a, there is an evil entrepreneur that also is in your ear today. There is an evil entrepreneur that walked with you up the steps into this church and he's been trying to sell you goods that really aren't going to fit your need. He's been beginning to try to sell you goods that are not going to be able to give you the happiness that you really desire. You're, he's looking to sell you goods. In fact, Paul calls these things, they are deceitful lusts. They give 
the appearance that they can really feel, but really it's just a deception. I've come here to tell somebody that's tired of drugs and tired of alcohol and tired of sexual illicit activity, tired of, of working for the man every day of your life, but not really having the joy and the peace. It's not going to happen as you try to fill yourself with products from an evil entrepreneur. It's only going to come from the Lord who is our good God. He is our great God. And the greatest product that's ever been known to man is the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is why Paul said the gift of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost is love, joy, and peace. It's not meat or drink, but it's joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. I've come to remind every person, you need God. You need God. You need a fresh dose of His presence. You need a fresh power of his spirit and if you're living today and you think I can live without it I beg to differ you can't live one day you can't live one moment without the great God of heaven I've come to ask you this question how bad do you want what you need how bad do you want God how bad do you want change put your hands together would you clap your hands unto the Lord hallelujah hallelujah we need not look much further than the biography of Bartimaeus to find what it can take to get God's attention. The Bible tells us of Bartimaeus there is not much meat on the bone to his biography, but there is a little bit of information. The Bible tells us in Mark chapter 10 that Bartimaeus was the son of Timaeus. He had a father. He had a mother. In fact, if you will begin to read and study, you will find that some commentators, theologians, and historians believe that Bartimaeus was not the only one of his family that was blind. In fact, many of them will tell you that he felt it looks in Scripture that he was very much familiar with what it was to be blind. They also believe that his father was blind, that his was the way that he knew how to survive in life. This was the way he knew how to live in this life. I want somebody to know here today, it don't matter what your mother or father did. I'm going to say it again. I don't care who your grandfather was or who your grandmother was, who your daddy is or who your daddy was. They could be a bum on the street corner of Colorado Street and, and any, any main other in, intersection in this city. They could have been a prostitute that roamed the city nights. They could have been somebody that was so fed up, fed with capitalism that they never had time for you. I've come to tell you, God isn't worried about what your past is. He's not worried about who your family is. He's not worried about who your mother is, but he's come to tell you 
I don't care what's in the past. I'm dealing with you today. I'm not dealing with your last name. I'm not dealing with your family. I'm dealing with your need today. There are people that they grow up every single day of their, of their existence. And they don't think, Pastor Brown, that they can get out of that situation. They don't think that they're going to... They, they wake up thinking, I'm just going to be a product of my environment. They just wake up hearing, I'm just going to be just like my daddy was. My mama looks at me every morning and, and she tells me, you're just like your daddy. You're going to end up just like your daddy. You're going to end up just like the drunk like your daddy. I know you're going to walk out, walk out on your family just like your daddy. You're just going to be so into your work just like your daddy. But I've come to rebel against that and begin to speak something to somebody that if you're hungry, if you're desirous, God's not a respecter of persons, but he can deal with you on your own accord. So my question is, how bad do you want what you need? I don't want to take too much time in personal, in personal uh, uh, experience. But my mother is a great woman of the Lord. She came, though, to the, to the, to the uh, kingdom of God underneath the bus ministry. Let me tell you something. My mom, she's been a pastor's wife now for over 30 years. They evangelized for five years, six years up, up and across this, this great nation. They've, they've done a lot. They've been a lot of places, but my late grandmother, my mom's mom, she was married six times. My mother, she was 12 years old when she came to this glorious truth, got baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. My, her, my grandfather was from Ireland who, who, who taught, taught uh, adjunctly uh, the, the, the uh, history at, uh, at UCLA just in Westwood. But, but they were divorced. And, and, and my mom tells me the story that uh, Brandon, I would always tell the, the bus driver she was out of the Modesto church uh, was Brother Rody and, and now Brother Keys and Brother Johnson that are there. But she came and somebody knocked on her door and, and invited her to church and she began to build some relationships with somebody and she didn't know anything. She, she didn't have the last name. She didn't know what it was to be, to be raised uh, in this apostolic way. But somehow she had a desire. Somehow she recognized there's something more than what I see in my mother. There's something more than what I see in my family. There's something more than their spiritual experience. She would walk in. I'm not trying to be a sob story, but she would walk in to her bedroom just to find a man that she did not know urinating upon her daybed. She was afraid to bring girls from the church over to her house because she wouldn't, didn't want to be embarrassed. She would tell the driver, brother bus driver, don't drop me off first, but would you drop me off last because she was afraid too many Sunday afternoons. She had walked in to her house and on the front lawn was a man that she rarely knew and he was drunk in a drunken stupor laid out on the grass of her home. Can I tell you that God can take somebody like that and pick them up and give them a desire and say, hey, if you want this, you can have it. If you want change, you can have it. 
comes down, how bad do you want what you need? How bad do you want to break the generational curse? How bad do you want to get out of the environment of drugs and alcohol? How bad do you want it? Come on, I'm looking to somebody. If you're hungry, I want you to put your hands in the air right now. Come on, I know. I know you're looking. You're looking at a fat preacher up here sweating with a short haircut. You're thinking, what's got into him? I've come to tell you that there can be a change inside of you. You can get today what your soul was made for. You can get today the change that you've been praying for. You can get today the change in your family that's not going to come from any other source but the Spirit of Almighty God. I just tell, stop and just say, I don't have time to get into this. I normally preach it when I have time, but let me just tell you something. God doesn't have grandchildren. Let me just stop and say this to all the pretty Pentecostals. I'm second... I guess if you want to count my dad's side, third generation. But I don't care how many generations you've been in, been in this thing. I get sick and tired of people walking around thinking that they're just Miss, Miss Prissy Pentecost or, or Mr. Do you know who I am? God doesn't care about that. God don't care who you are, where your dad's preached, where your dad pastors, if your dad's even a preacher, where he plays the, the organ at, if he's a Sunday school director, or what they do, or where he, it don't matter. When you get to heaven, it's not going to be, well, you're a grandchild of so-and-so, so I think you're going to get in. No, 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 no. You're going to have to get something that's a first-generation experience. You're not going to get in on the coattails of Christianity. You're not going to get in just skating in. You've got to get something down deep that says I'm hungry I'm hungry I'm hungry how bad baby do you want it how desperate do you want it I got in the Holy Ghost I feel like I just hit a vein just a second I'm not going to get into this like I normally do. Let me tell you something. You know what I see people that, that, that they think they're just going to get in on the coattails, on the spirit of a grandchild? They get spoiled. I've got two kids of my own. I know what it is to take them to mama or, or, or nanny and poppy's house. Boy, when you get done with a couple of days at nanny's and poppy's house, it's more work than what you started. You feel like you're doing timeout. Their whole day is timeout. It feels like they've, they're, I don't know how you feel, but we spare, we spare the right, support the child. We give them a little, a little tap on the, on the back end, just where they're supposed to have that extra little padding there. And we tell them, hey, no, 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 no. You're not going to be spoiled like that. And all of a sudden I come into churches and, and I see, I see kids and I see, I see, uh, I see older people that, that have been living for God for a lot of years and they just sit there. They're spoiled with the presence of God. They're spoiled rotten with the Spirit of God. They've heard some of the best preaching. They've heard some of the best singing. And now they can't move when the Holy Ghost begins to move. Let me tell you something. We need a fresh touch of God. We can't afford to be spoiled. We can't afford to live in a spiritual environment where we're grandchildren. We've got to be heirs, sons, and daughters. 
Can I tell the Holy Ghost is for everybody in here. The Holy Ghost is for the poor. The Holy Ghost is for the rich. The Holy Ghost is for the short. The Holy Ghost is for the fat. The Holy Ghost is for the Hispanics. The Holy Ghost is for, is for the white folks. The Holy Ghost is for the Asian folks. The Holy Ghost is for the black folks. God, how bad does this church want what they need? Lift your voice and pray. If you're a guest here, you're wondering what's going on, would you lift up your voice and pray right now? God, help me right now. There's a desire in me. There's a desire in me. There's a desire in me. I'll do whatever it takes, but I've got to have you. I'll do whatever it takes, but I've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. I'll do whatever it takes. If, I, if I've got to walk up here, throw my hands in the air, and begin to receive your Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I'll do whatever it takes. But give me what I've been needing. Give me what's going to change. about going to wrap this up today. I feel the Holy Ghost already moving. There's a gravity right now of somebody that's saying, oh, there's somebody here. I feel you're on the, you're just itching to get out of your seat right now. You're just itching to get out of your place right now. Come down to this front and receive the Holy Ghost. I believe that there's people here right now that, that the devil's been lying. You've been buying too many goods uh, that, that are deceiving goods, but God's going to give you the real thing. God's going to give you something that's going to give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. God's going to give you something that you've been dreaming about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bartimaeus knew. He knew what he wanted. Bartimaeus knew. I want my sight. The Bible is full of comparisons and contrasts. I don't want to lose you. Hear me today. I think this is important. If you will look earlier... The 10th chapter of Mark, you will find what we as, 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 as Christians have identified as the rich, young ruler. Better remember that story where he wanted eternal life. He wanted the right things. But when Jesus told him what to do, what he wanted, and what he did were two different things. He wanted the right things, but he will, was not willing to do what it took to get the desired response that he needed. And here Mark says, now that's the rich young ruler. But now I'm going to show you somebody who knows what they want. And we'll do whatever it takes to get it. Everybody wants to live for God. But not everybody wants to come and submit. 
Everybody wants to have joy unspeakable and full of glory, but nobody wants to get out of their comfort zone and truly submit and say, God, those secret places in my heart, get in them. Those secret corners of my spirit, clean those out. That's why I've asked this congregation, guest, visitor, and saint alike, how bad do you want what you need? Bartimaeus said this. He began to hear, my God. He was on the side of the highway begging. Alms! Alms! Every day he did this. Just something to get by for the day. What he had was just to get him by for the next moment. But he began to depend upon everybody else to give him what he needed. Alms! I just need an alms to get by to Wednesday. Alms! I just need a little fix to get me to the next day. Alms! I just need somebody to respect me and love me for this night, this Friday night party night, just to get me through the weekend. Alms! He was sitting there all day long crying for alms. The Bible says this. I want you to notice this. The Bible says when he heard. My God, I want you to feel this. When he heard. He couldn't see. He was blind. But he used what he had left to get what he needed. I don't care how much the devil's stolen from you. You've got something left today. There's some folks that say, oh, but he's stolen 10 years of my life. But you still got today. He's stolen my family. He's stolen my husband. I don't know. I don't want you to worry about what the adversary or what the kingdom of darkness has taken away from you. I want you to remember you've still got something left. There's still something that God can work with. If you listen, if you hear, you've got something thing that God can use. There's a lot of people that come into the house of the Lord. They say, hey, you don't know my background. You don't know what I did. I used to be a devil worshiper. I used to, I used to dance on the, at the club scene. I used to do this and that. Let me tell you, it don't matter what you used to do. What matters is what you're about to do today. It don't matter what you used to do. It don't matter what you used to be. What matters is right now. What matters is this Sunday. What matters is this year. What matters is you're about to do something that's going to shake hell. You're about to do something that's going to break you out of how you've been living. You're about to do something that's going to cause you to be what God purposed you to be. You've still got something left. The devil wants to lie to you say, oh, you don't have anything left. I want you to turn here and say, no, 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 no. I'm here today. I've got something left. <sighs> My God. My God. I feel the Holy Ghost right here blowing through. Did you know that Colonel Sanders didn't even, I don't even, this is not even in my notes. This just came to my mind right now. Did you know that Colonel Sanders didn't even start KFC until he was 69 years old? Because he realized old things have passed away, but what I've got left. And if Colonel Sanders can create KFC without God, what could God do 
you? What could God do through you? What could God do with you? I, I challenge you, it'll be more than frying chicken. It'll be more than making money. It'll be something that you can change your walk, change your talk, change your family dynamic, change your city, change your ch- Come on, turn to your neighbor. Look him in the eye and say, you've got something left. My God, you believe that? Put your hands together. You believe that? Put your hands together. There's something left. Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus, he heard Jesus. He didn't see him, but he heard him. And when he heard him, he responded appropriately. You know what he said? He said, Jesus. There's something about the name Jesus. He didn't say, there's no, I'm not trying to make more of this than it is. But he didn't say Father. He didn't say Messiah. He didn't say Redeemer. But he called him by his name. And he said, Jesus. Can I tell you here today, the name of Jesus is not a magic word. But let me tell you, there is power in the name Jesus. The name Jesus isn't an abracadabra. Give me some pixie dust. Let me put it over you. Let me sprinkle my hand on you. Let me just run around you and say, Jesus, no. We understand that the seven sons of Sceva, they found out that's not how it works. But they did understand that if you have a relationship with Jesus, if you have a desire, a real hunger for Jesus, you can say his name. And when you say his name, Jesus was walking by. But Bartimaeus lifted up his voice and the Bible says I know you don't like this I know some of our some of our people that are that are that they don't like the way we worship and they want to simmer us down and, and, and calm us down they want us to say Jesus there's nothing wrong with that because we know that he can speak just in a still small voice but when you're hungry when you're desperate, when you've been living in that life for too long, Jesus, what I call 90 in a palm, it can be heartfelt. But let me tell you, Bartimaeus said this way. The Bible says, if you will look it up, it says he used a word. I'm not making this up to preach good or to preach bad. But let me tell you something. That word, Greek word, is the word crazo. It is. It really, really is. It sounds too obvious, doesn't it? It sounds way too obvious. But when he lifted up his name, the name above every name, the name that every knee's going to bow to and every tongue's going to confess, he lifted up and the Bible says that he began to cry. He began to craze. Oh, Jesus! He did it with every fiber of his being. He did it with every cell that he had. He did it with all of his might and all of his strength he lifted up his voice and said Jesus 
thou son of David, have mercy on me. I'm about to wrap up. I want the keyboardist to come. Let me tell you something. I don't know, but when I look at the Gospels, and you study your Bible, maybe you can be a better Bible scholar than I am. I don't claim to be one, but I'll tell you this. You know, everybody in the Gospels that seem to get their miracle, Brother Rick, they seem to have and border just on the edge of crazy. Yeah. All the folks that really didn't want it didn't receive it. But the woman that had the issue of blood that would press her way and get beside herself. The woman who looked at Jesus and said, my daughter's grievously sick. But you're a Samaritan. But Jesus, I'll get down underneath the table. I'll lick up the crumbs. Everybody that I see in the Gospels, when they get their miracle, they border on the edge of everybody else calling them crazy. The problem is they needed it bad enough. And when you need what you want bad enough, you'll do what nobody else will do to get the result that you've been seeking. I want you to lift up your hands, would you, right now? I feel the Holy Spirit. We're about to wrap up right now. I want you just to feel, lift up your hands, feel God in this place, and begin to get to say, God, begin to create something in the soil of my soul right now. God, you're going to touch me right now. Hallelujah. Come on, right now. You're going to just lift up your voice. Lift up your hands. Say, God, help me right this moment. Hallelujah. 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 I'm about to have you stand in just a few moments. But I'm going to challenge you. When you come to this front today and this altar is open, I don't want you to do it with just something small. But I want you to let the same crazy shout. Maybe that shout will translate into tears. Maybe that shout will translate into volume in your voice. Maybe that that shout will translate into something else. It might not be the same for every single one of you, but I want you to give that crazo, which means it was a gut thrill. It was from way down deep. It wasn't a surface. It wasn't just lay me down to sleep, patty cake for Jesus type of song. I'm about to eat lunchtime, so I'm going to give a little prayer. It was a prayer that he said, Jesus and Jesus stopping world on his heel and looked at somebody and said I'm going to stand still and you've got my full attention Hannah my
my God, I, I have to stop. But Hannah, she had to, she had to, she had to get beyond what other people thought about her. And she was praying. She wanted that child so bad. She was tired of looking, looking at her husband's wife. Penel, she, she was tired of seeing her produce babies. And she was she was living in that place of lonesomeness. And she was living in that place where she was all by herself and she didn't feel self-worth. She, her self-esteem was in the gutter. She felt like, why can't I give a, my, my husband a baby? Because in that time, giving babies, it showed self-worth. The beauty of a, this will preach, and I preached this message before, but the beauty of a woman in, 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 in biblical times was not necessarily her physical beauty, but her beauty was determined on her birthing. And the reality is, as she said, I don't care how I look on the outside, but, but I can't give birth. The Bible says she began to cry and pray until the very man of God thought that she was drunk and crazy. And the very man of God, Eli, wanted to kick her out of the house of God because she was willing to do something that nobody else was doing because she was in a point of her life that she recognized that if I don't do something now, nothing's ever going to change. The definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over and over and to expect a different result. If you want your 2012 to be just like your 2011, just keep on doing everything you did in 2011. And I guarantee you're going to get the same result that you got then. But if you want your 2012 to be greater for God, greater for your family, then baby, you better shake it up. This is why when they came in the east, the north gate, they left the south gate. My God. Of course, there was always somebody. As Bartimaeus said, Jesus. Bible says, listen. There was somebody around them that said, keep it down. Hold your peace. Shut up. I know we don't say that to our kids. They looked at Bartimaeus and said, shut up, boy. You're not going to get it. Shut up, girl. You're not going to get what you really... No, no, no. There's always going to be somebody. How many times have we been inside of church and when we really desperately needed something, we ended up sitting by the person who just seemed to be glazed by the glory of God? It was like there was something inside of us that said, I need God today. And what would you know? But we sat by the person that didn't seem like they felt God in a million years. And even though they didn't say it, you felt it. They wanted you to shut up. 
They wanted you to not, don't go up there, baby. Don't go up there. Don't, don't do that to our family. There's husbands right now that, that you're looking at your wife and you're feeling right now. You're trying to tell them. You're not saying it, but your spirit is saying, don't go up there. I know what it's going to cost. I know what we're going to change is we're going to need to make. I know what we're going to need to do. And right now, you might not be saying it, but we feel it. They're telling you, shut up. They're telling you, stop. They're telling you, don't go up there. They're going to look at you funny. They're going to look like you, like you've fallen out of a tree. But I've come to tell you, if you want what you need, you'll get up. You'll cry. You'll shout. You'll do whatever it takes to get the answer. Hear me. Holy Ghost is already moving. Stay, stay standing. Everybody would just stand. Those of you that are standing, stand. The Holy Ghost is moving right now. I'm going to ask these good brothers to, to move out some of these chairs. I know these, these good saints of the Lord. Let's move out some of these chairs. I want everybody to be able to come today and feel God's presence to get the deliverance you've been seeking to get the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you. I know if you're a guest or a visitor, I don't mean to displace you. I just want to make an opportunity. Take it as a blessing. You get to be the first to come up. But we want everybody. Anybody hungry today? Would you just show me your hand if you say, Preacher, I'm hungry. Preacher, you're talking to me today. Preacher, I can't go another day like this. You don't know how bad I want it. You don't know how bad I need it. There are bodies that need to be healed today. Let me just talk. I feel in the Holy Ghost. This is not in my notes, but I'm going to just tell you, there are marriages that need to be put back together. Let me tell you something. Hear me. If you're here and you want your marriage to be put back together, you can go to the the counseling, I think that's great. My father has a FMT counselor at his church. It's tremendous. But let me tell you something. That relationship with your husband, your wife's not going to be put back together until here, until you're filled with the Spirit. Paul said it this way: Husbands love your wife. But before he said that, any of that, before he says, uh, wives love your husbands. Husbands, love your wife. Christ, love the church. But this is what he said, hear me. He says, and you husbands and wives, he says, you be filled with the Spirit. If you're here today, you have marital problems in your life, you're not going to get... You, you can do all of the natural resources. It'll help. I'm not telling you. There are people, there are success stories. Let me tell you, you really want the joy. You really want the peace. You're, you, you, you both got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You, you can't just have one of you living it and the other one not living it. No, 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 no. If this thing's going to work, there's going to have to be a synergistic spirit of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. If you want that relationship to work, you've got to be filled with the Spirit. I'm just waiting right now. I'm just kind of putting the finishing nails right now on somebody. 
I want you to know this one thing about this preacher. You don't have to wait till I'm done talking to walk up here. As, as hungry as you are, I, I don't care what you do. I want you to just respond. If I'm talking, you keep on responding. You don't worry about it. You're hungry. You don't worry about form. You don't worry about fashion. You don't worry about protocol. You don't worry about, no, 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 no. You're hungry. You're desirous. You want it. Here's what I want to end on. God's already moving. Pray. But let me just tell you. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me. The people that were by Bartimaeus that told him, boy, be quiet. Boy, be quiet. Hear me. As long as Bartimaeus, hear me. As long as Bartimaeus was on the roadside giving a shout for alms, they never told him to shut up. As long as he was in the same boat as they were, they didn't care that he made a little noise. They didn't care that they heard the, the coin clamoring in the cup. Alms, alms, alms. But the moment that he got his answer, the moment that he saw his solution, the moment that his shout went from his temporary situation to his eternal answer, all of a sudden there was something that said, you better shut up now. Why is it that we can dance in the clubs and make all the sounds and the devil doesn't tell us to shut up and all of a sudden we get inside a church service and say, oh, no, no, that's not how you're supposed to act. We can go to the ball games and be happy that they signed Albert Pujols and be happy that the Lakers and the Clippers are winning and we can shout and jump and we can do anything that's going to fill us for a moment. But the moment we get into the church and we go beside ourselves, the moment that we want with, with such fervency what we need, there's something that tells us, be quiet, just sit in your pew, just go through the motions. It's not for you. I've come to debunk that myth and let you you know, baby, cry out, cry out. How bad do you want what you need? Lift your hands to the Lord. Come on, everybody, lift your hands to the Lord. The Holy Ghost is all in this place. Yes, the Holy Ghost is here right now. If you are here in this place and you need a supernatural touch of the Lord, I want you to get into the aisle or come down to this altar right now. Come on, if you need something, I want you to get out of your pew. I want you to get in the aisle. I want you to come to this altar. God's going to give you what you need. God's going to give you what you've been desiring. Come on, baby. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am.
Spirit of God is drawing you. Come on, you need healing? Come to this altar. You need healing in your body? Come to this altar right now. The blood is in this house. The blood is in this house. Come on, run. Don't walk. Come, 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 come. I'm looking for the church to find somebody. I'm looking for every church member to find somebody to pray with. Pray them through the Holy Spirit. of the one that can calm the sea. Get the attention of the one that can rebuke the wind. Get the attention of the one that can rebuke the devil. Get the attention of the one that has the answer. How bad do you want it? Let your desperation be vocalized. Let your actions show how dead you are.
Come on, pray. Don't stop. Come on, don't stop. That's it. Lift up your voice. Lift up your your heart. Lift up your heart. Let tears flow. Let God's spirit flow in you right now. The healing that Pastor Brown was talking about in the very beginning of service is here. The surgery. The The heart transformation is here today. The healing of your body. Come on, you need your body to be healed. Lift up your hands right now and say in Jesus' name. Come on, you need a healing in your body. I want you to lift up your hand and say, in Jesus' name. Come on, how bad do you want it? Come on, how bad do you want it? Spirit of God. still moving. God's spirit is still moving. Come on. Don't leave. Let God do it. How bad do you want it?
That's it. Come on. You've got something left. It's not the end of the road for you. It's not the end of your story. It's not the end of your book. You've got an author. You've got a finisher. You've got somebody that can rewrite a part of your life. You're something that God can write on you. Let him write his name. Let him write your future. He wants to give you future. He wants to give you a hope. Jeremiah said, for I know the plans that I have for you. Plans for a future. How bad do you want it? How desperate are you? How desperate are you? Come on, there's somebody that you're going to make the decision Jesus name there's somebody that's gonna make the decision to get baptized in Jesus name come on that change that you need your old sins are gonna have to go under the blood the old man is gonna have to go under the blood As the music plays and they don't sing, I want everybody to lift their hands to the Lord. And if you if you have a prayer language, if you have a heavenly tongue, if you've received the Holy Ghost, I want you to pray in tongues right now. If you have it flowing like a river out of you, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, lift up your hands right now and begin to just praise God. Come on, everybody, everybody, everybody. Lift up your hands. Don't look to the left. Don't worry what's going on. Let God flow out of you. Let God flow out of you. Let God feel you. Come on, healing is coming. Healing to your mind is coming. The transformation to your mind is coming. The metamorphosis, the metamorphosis of your thinking is going to start right now being filled with the Spirit. It's not by might, nor yet is it by power, but it's by my Spirit. It's by my Spirit. Pray, pray, pray. Don't stop. Don't stop with everything. Come on, how bad do you need it? How desperate do you need it? How bad do you need the change? How bad do you need the transformation? Come on, if you've got a word from the Lord for somebody, I want you to walk to them. Lay your hands on their shoulder. I want you to move in the Holy Ghost right now. If you want to pray with a visitor, if you want to pray with a guest, I want you to lay your hands on them right now and give them a word of encouragement. Lay your hands on them and let God use you as a conduit to be filled with the Spirit.
doesn't matter right now. Food doesn't matter right now. My physiological needs don't matter right now. 